to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thanks again for giving. Now, as you are giving, I, I want to point you to uh, two websites that I thought is really cool, especially uh, this Christmas season. The first website uh, is giving.sg. I, and I thought that's a really cool website. Giving. So if you if, if you've not been to giving.sg, you can check it out, giving.sg, and uh, you can respond to my message later by acting on... Yeah. <laughs> you know, on the call from this website. So it's really cool. Uh, and Christmas is a time for us to uh, give, and I'll tell you why in a moment's time. So giving.sg is a great website. Check it out. And also, I really like our betterworld.org. That's a great website. If you remember, Andre was uh, speaking from Acts chapter 10, and he says and how God has anointed Jesus and how he went about doing good, healing those who are oppressed of the devil. And uh, part of, uh, part of uh, the mandate of Jesus, you know, as he heals the sick, as he cast out demons, was, and was an extension of God's goodness. Right And the way we push back the power of darkness is by doing good. Someone say, Amen. So whenever we do good, we are pushing back the power of darkness. And this website basically tells stories of uh, people. Some of them are believers, some of them are non-believers. This is purely secular. But these are amazing people who are pushing back the power of darkness, whether they, don't, they know it or they don't know it, because they are doing good. So be inspired uh, and um, be moved also you know, to do good yourself. And if you go to the website, I think in the mobile site, you will see a familiar face there. It's pretty cool. Rebecca Lim. Woo! Amazing. And, and, and also, I, I want to call your attention to uh, our app. If you have not downloaded the City app, you can do it now. And maybe what you can do is post in the app something that you enjoy about Therese Worship Leading. I think that will really encourage her, wouldn't you? Yeah? So just check it out, post a photo, and, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a website for us to use to build community and for us to use to uh, encourage one another. So please do so. I've, uh, so last Sunday, basically, we asked people to post prayer requests, and I'm really encouraged by the response from the church, and I, I want to share one. So when Elaine posted, pray for my child that he will sleep through the night. Daniel is his name. And so I think at least 14 people prayed. And uh, she responded by saying that he slept through the, through the night from 8.30 to 7 in the morning. So, well, small things like that, I, and I, I think it's good for us to celebrate. Amen. So do it. Post your prayer request. Uh, we have a handful of people who are super ac- active praying for people who post their prayer requests. I pray more of us would do so. Someone say Amen. amen. Alright, so check out those websites and uh, have a look at our app. Amen. Let's pray before we go into God's Word. Father, we thank you for this amazing Sunday. We pray for people who are traveling. We ask God that you will uh, just release grace and rest. And Father, we pray that they will come back refreshed. We pray, God, that you will speak to them, that God, you will give them a vision for 2017. We pray most of all that the families would born and that God, they will learn what, what it means to love like you do. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning on the spirit, on the spirit of Christmas. On the spirit of Christmas. So if you, so if you can, look at the screen. But it is, it, it is very interesting that the words you'll hear more than any word in this season is the word gift. Say gift. In fact, the month of December is the only month of the year where everybody forgets about the past and they forget about the future and everyone just focuses on the present. Shoo. 
You got it? <laughs> I'm trying to be an on return here, right? So now a lot of people actually think that the gift giving idea at Christmas time was from the wise men. Now, just a quick quiz, right? How many wise men were there in the Christmas story? Are you serious? Do you know? We don't know because there's nowhere in the Bible that it says there were three wise men. But we all thought that there were three wise men because they brought what? Three gifts, right? They, and we thought that the, the, that the idea of giving gifts came from this uh, three or this five or this ten wise men. But they, they brought uh, the first gifts to baby Jesus in the manger. So what gifts did they bring? Gold. Gold. As one little boy said, the wise men brought gold, myrrh, and Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankincense, right? Now, may I suggest to you this morning that Jesus released the original Christmas gift. Yes, the first gift at Christmas was the gift that God gave. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave. And the very first Christmas gift was God Himself. Jesus gave himself to die on the cross for your sins and my sins so that all of us can have our past forgiven, can have a purpose to live today and a home to look forward to tomorrow. See, Jesus is really the first original Christmas gift and we can only give because God first gave. So this morning, I want to present to us that God is a generous God. As we remember Christmas, as we listen to Christmas carols, I want all of us in this church to remember that God is a generous God. The spirit of Christmas is the spirit of generosity. In Acts 15 verse 11, the Bible says in the Message Bible, we are saved because the Master Jesus amazingly and out of sheer generosity moved to save us. The reason why you and I are here this morning is because God, out of His sheer generosity, was moved to rescue us, to save us. See friends, if it's not for God's grace and gifts and generosity, you and I would have nothing. Nothing. The air you breathe this morning is a gift of God's grace. The blood that's running through your veins this morning is a gift of God's generosity. The fact that your heart is beating this morning is a gift of God's generosity. Every good thing in your life, including your life itself, is a gift of God's generosity. If God wasn't a generous God, we wouldn't even exist. The universe wouldn't even exist. See, John 1 verse 16 says, we all live of God's generous bounty. Don't you love that verse? We all live of God's generous bounty. Gift after gift after gift. Every good thing in your life is evidence of God's generosity. So let's take some time before I move along and let's, in our own special way, just give thanks to the Lord for His grace. Give thanks to the Lord for all that He has done for you, in you, and through you. Something that I do every morning is, God, I thank you for the breath of life. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the friendship of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for my family, my friends. I thank you for the call of God on my life. I thank you for the difference I'm making in the world. I thank you for my parents. I thank you for the job I have. I thank you for Singapore. I thank you for your generous grace. Amen? And so because God is generous, He wants His children to be, gen- to be generous. So I'm a parent of uh, six. And one thing that my wife and I totally abhor is when the children are selfish. Right? When they snatch for things, when they refuse to share what they have, when they don't help in the family chores, when they are just living their own life. And something that, 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 you know, we, that, that upsets us is really when they live for themselves. Because as we want the virtue of generous living to be part of their legacy. And if God is generous, He wants His children to be generous. Yes? 
I want my children to learn to share, to learn to give, to learn to be unselfish. Likewise, for all the parents here, you want your children to share, to give, to be generous, to be, un- to be unselfish. But the problem is, it's not easy being generous because we live in a very consumeristic, very materialistic and a self-centered world. See, giving is more than just something that, that we do outwardly. It's really an inward attitude. And generosity, I believe, is a skill we can learn. If you remember exactly, almost two years ago, I talked about being generous as the first message. And every start of the year or end of the year, I'll remind myself, I'll remind the church why it's important for us to be generous. Because that's who God is. That's, that's the reason why we're here. He gave His only Son so we can all have eternal life. We can have abundant life. We can have life everlasting. And being a selfish person, being a self-centered person is unbecoming of being a believer. It's not in sync with God's character. And there are only two kinds of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. And you have to decide this morning, and as a church, we have to decide this morning, which one do we want to be? You, you can be a taker and live a self-centered life. We can be takers and live a self-centered life. We, we can be a self-centered church. This morning, in my, my time of prayer with uh, the prayer team, by the way, you should join them. It's amazing. I just felt the Lord says that you know, we are to, to declare that, that the culture would shift, that we would not be a taking church. That when people come to this church, they wouldn't be asking, what can I take from this church? What can I receive from the worship? Now, that's all valid. That's all reasonable. But I pray that the first question, the first response, especially from family members, is how can we give? How can we contribute? How can we add to the atmosphere of this church? What can we do to make a difference in this house? We want to be givers, not takers. Amen? It's not by accident that the word miser and the word miserable comes from the same root, root word. The more you are a taker, the more miserable you're going to be in life. In fact, Jesus said this way. He says, it's only those who learn to give their lives away who will ever really know what it means to to be fully alive. Let me repeat that. It's only those who learn to give their lives away who will ever really really know what it means to be fully alive. The way to a great life is to be fully given, is to be fully laid down, is to be giving ourselves away, every part of our being, our soul, our strength, our mind, we live to share. Amen? That's my family's mandate. That's what we want to be. We're not there yet, but we're trying, we're stretching, we're we're squeezing people in, we're feeding the hungry every day. (laughs) Hungry children and their friends. (laughs) And And we find great joy doing so. We're squeezing people into a little car. Last Sunday, we've got 13 people in my little MPV. There's... Uh, il- uh, really? 11 or even more? I, I don't know. I've, I've lost count. It's, it's, it's just people on people. That's it. It's not by... So it's, so it's no coincidence that our car broke down yesterday because we've been, we been squeezing everything out from a little car. The toilet's breaking down. We've got to replace the shower. The... But you know what? We find great joy. Sometimes when I'm kind of, when I, when I go into my human state, I'll say, God, I think, you know, I need some space. But do you, do you know what? Every time when I put my head to the pillow and I think of what God has done through our lives and through the family, I, I can't help but say, God, this is amazing. It's a wonderful call. I mean, we have to give our lives away. And that is how we can be fully alive. Yes? So, I want to encourage us. And the Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. We all love receiving gifts. We all love receiving praise. We all love receiving uh, things from our friends. You know, but the Bible says that it's more blessed to give. And so, we want to consider the blessings of generosity this morning. I want to convince you that living a life that's fully given is a blessed life. That it's more blessed to give your life away than it is to receive things and blessings. So, what are the five blessings to generosity? Number one, I believe it makes us more like God. It makes us more like God. Turn to the person next to you and say, giving makes you more like God. The Bible says in Psalm 37 verse 21, 
that the godly are generous givers. Wow. The godly are generous givers. See, you cannot be godly without learning generosity. God is a giver. If we, we are, if we are to become like Him, we must be generous. And the Bible, interestingly, is a book about generosity. Out of all the things in Scripture, God emphasizes this quality more than any other quality in life. Do you, do you know that? That He talks more about giving, He talks more about being generous than any other subject in the Bible. In fact, Jesus spoke far more about generosity and giving than He did about heaven or hell. If you do a word study, the word believe is used 272 times in the Bible. That's in the New King James. The word pray, and we know it's important to pray, it's important to, to, to intercede, to cry out to God, but the word pray is used 371 times. And the word love, which we want to grow in, the greatest of these is love, is used 714 times in the Bible. But do you know what? The word give is used 2,100 and 62 times. It's more than believe, pray, and love put together. See, God wants us to learn to be like Him. So when He left us His book, when He left us the manual, when He left us the Bible, basic instruction before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. When He left us the Bible, you missed that. <laughs> There's an old song by a band called For Him, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instruction Before Living Us. So, so he left us the manual for life and he talks more about giving than any other subject. Why? Because he wants us to be like him. He wants to be like his son. He wants us to share in this eternal value of giving. Amen? And by the way, giving doesn't just make you godly. It also makes you healthier. I was doing some study and, and studies show that generosity is one of the essential components of mental health. In fact, researchers have discovered that generous people are rarely mentally ill. And so I'm speaking this subject to you. I'm, I'm preaching this morning on giving because for the sake of the person next to you, I wanted to learn how to give. <laughs> Amen. It makes us more like God. The second blessing of, of giving, of generosity, is it is a cure for selfishness. It's a cure for selfishness. See, we live in a society that, that says, get all you can. When there's a sale, grab the sale. Right? Get. Go for the sale. It, 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 it reminds me of uh, our time spent... Uh, on, on Black Friday in the US. It's amazing. When a sale is on, the lines form 12 hours, sometimes 24 hours before the stores open. Scary. And when we reached there, two, two hours after the stores were open, there were Chinese. This is in the US, right? There were Chinese grabbing stuff. It's on sale. And they grab and they take. And when there's a sale, you will see lines form up. You will see a riot sometimes, right? When, uh, when you've got 50 cents ice cream from Haagen-Dazs, for example. Wow, people fight. because and also, It's strange, but the society we live in are self-centered, narcissistic culture, especially when in the world of uh, social media and WhatsApp or, 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 uh, in, or Instagram, we, all, we always post nice things about ourselves. We boast about what we got. The sale that, you know, we, that, that saves us 70%. And we boast about these things. Get, get, get. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, I, be, I believe, <laughs> this, my, that it's selfish and stupid to think only of yourself. Don't, don't you love the message Bible? It says it is selfish and stupid to think only of yourself. Alright, this is. Eugene Peterson, blame him, don't, not me, right? But it says, you are stupid if you're selfish if you think only of yourself. So the Bible tells us that selfishness causes all kinds of problems. Proverbs again says, the greedy sets an ambush for themselves. In other words, they set themselves up for failure. They build a trap for themselves. They set an ambush 
for themselves. Some translation says, greed kills selfish people. Oftentimes in life, we can be so busy making a living, trying to get more, that we forget that life is, a, life is worth living and that, is, that we're su- supposed to make a life. Yes? And, did, and do you know what's the only antidote to materialism? You, you know what that is? It's to give. Every time you give, you break the grip of materialism in your life because it's the opposite of materialism. We have to give. And materialism is all about getting. And every time I give, I do a counter-cultural move and I do the exact opposite and my giving muscle grows. We're pushing back culture. And is there any wonder why when Jesus went, went about doing good, He was pushing back the powers of darkness? And when He gave His life, He didn't just give His money. He didn't just give uh, His house. He gave His life. And that giving is the ultimate act, amen, of warfare. When he says it is finished, he completely defeated the devil. See, giving is powerful. It's the antidote to materialism and it's, and it's how we defeat darkness in the world. Amen. So it cures selfishness. The third blessing of giving is it deepens relationships. It deepens relationships. Whatever you give, creates community. It deepens relationships. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And one of the ways that love is spelled is G-I-V-E. Take for example, after service, some of you, one one of you come up to me and write me a check for a thousand dollars. You guess what? I'll I'll be shocked first of all. And I'll say, why? Why? And then you said, I don't know why, I don't expect, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just feel like I should do this. And you give me the money, guess what? Instantly there's a connection. And then and, and I'll say, can I, have a, can I have, have a meal with you? Can I buy you coffee? I want to find out why, I want to know you a little bit more. Right? Because the act of giving connects people. Yes? It's, in, it's, very, it's very interesting. And Jesus talked about the power of our giving and how it draws us towards whatever we're giving to in Matthew 6 verse 21. When Jesus said, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. It's not where your, tre- it's not where your heart is there or treasure is. It's your, it's your heart will be where your treasure is. So if I want to know where your heart is today, I just have to look for the treasures. Where are you Placing your treasure. I can tell where your heart is by looking at where you choose to be generous this morning. Where are you spending most? Some of you give to your hobbies. You spend thousands buying watches or guitars. You've got five. You need to have the other one, six. When you play and you don't even play it. But it's fine because God wants us to have hobbies in our lives. He wants us to have a wonderful life, right? Uh, some of us would invest our money in our homes. You walk in and it's always nice, it's beautiful, the paintings are on the wall cost thousands. That's great because as I said, God wants us to you know, have a life. Nice things. Some of us invest in our children. The number of tuition. You look at our checkbook and it's like Chinese class, ballet, gymnastic. You know, and the list goes on. Birthday presents. And that's fine because really these are our treasures. I, we treasure our kids and, we, and then our money or, our, or what we have goes towards that. This is perfectly fine. But can, I, can I suggest to you that these are all good things, but the great thing about this is every time I give to God, it draws me closer to Him. It draws my heart closer to Him. And so on top of all that you are giving to your children, your hobbies, your work, your studies, on top of all that, can I encourage us? Give towards God. Because if you want to be drawn closer to God, nothing draws you closer and deeper than you giving to the the Lord. Not just your money, but your talent, your time, and your self, your life. The more you give, the more... It draws you closer to the Lord. It deepens relationships. And I learned this as a young Christian. Because you have to, to, you have to understand that when we were growing up, we all, we, we all have pocket money from our parents. And, and I've learned to set aside 
what I have. When I was receiving $300, I learned to tithe, and on top of that, I learned to give. And so I planned my giving, $30, and every Sunday, I'll start with five. Uh, you may think, Daniel, what are you doing? I, I'm learning. And do you know what? Every time when the bucket passes by me, I have a suspicion that this bucket thing comes from Cornerstone. Because it, it used to be bags, right? But because people were taking money out from the offering bucket, you know, out from the bags, that we have to have it transparent. So, so I think we're one of the first churches to use like, you know, buckets. But you know, every time when the bucket passes by me, when I put the funds, regardless of how small or big the amount is, there's a joy that overcomes me. And, and, and I feel that, that as much as you know, the worship is great, I raise my hands, I encounter His presence, that that act of giving is as much worship as it is my singing. And I feel closer to the Lord whenever I give. I can't wait. I, you know, I'll prepare, I'll go to the bank, I'll withdraw the money, and when the buck comes, I want to be the first to put the, to put the money in. And you know, giving draws us closer. Because if I, it's like I'm putting my heart into what the kingdom of God is. Amen? It, and this leads me to my fourth point. It stretches my faith. It stretches my faith. In fact, it not only stretches it, it strengthens it. And that's how faith gets strong. It's like a muscle. The number one way that God tests our faith is usually through giving. Giving a little bit more, like what Joy said a couple of weeks back, right? And it's not just money. It's giving a little bit more. Give, give a little bit more of your house. Give a little bit more of your heart. Give a little bit more of your time. It strengthens our faith. You didn't know that you could give a little bit more until you give it. And you, and you realize, wow, I've got a little bit more. And your faith gets strengthened and you are stretched. It's incredible. We didn't think that we can be foster parents. We didn't think that we could actually you know, have a room in our house for eight children. But we love it. I know some of the parents come up to me and say, hey, my kids are... I, and I said, no, I love the fact that they're running around and they're playing games and under watchful eyes. Oh, we love it that they are enjoying what we have. And... I'll come that, to that later. And it stretches my vision too. You know, and I said, God, wow, if, I, if, if I've maximized uh, every inch of space in the house, maybe you want to bless me with a bigger house. <laughs> right? Because I've been a good steward. Yes, because I have uh, used what you've given uh, to me, not just for my own self-aggrandizement, but it's for the expansion of a kingdom. It's for love. And so I believe that if I've passed this little test, that you can bless me with you even more. It stretches my faith to believe God for more. Amen. And if, but if you're always worrying, if you're always concerned whether we have enough and we hoard and we hold back, God can't, God can't stretch your faith and He can't release more into your life. Which is why 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, your giving or your generosity proves the reality of your faith. It proves that you really trust God. You really trust God. And generosity is built on the law of the farm or the law of the harvest. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, whoever sows sparingly, talking about sowing seed, will, will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. This is the law of the harvest. When a farmer has a field and when he stores up all the seeds during winter, well, the farmer says when, when, when it's time to plant in springtime that, oh, you know what, I can't afford to give this seed away. Will the, far, will, will the farmer say that? No, the farmer will in fact bring all the seeds out. He will sow all the seeds. He will give all the seeds away. He will plant the seeds knowing that he's never going to get any more unless he sow what he's got. Amen? And that's what the farmer does. Uh, can I suggest to you that our finances are seeds, our time is a seed, our uh, talent is a seed, and whatever we have are seeds. Whatever that you have are seeds. This space is a seed, which is why we don't want to hoard this space. We're sharing this space. Why? Because if we're faithful with the little, who knows? God will bless us with more. Your life group member is a seed. Yes. Your time, everything we have. And so the farmer, hold, if, you, if he holds on to the little seed he has got, he just stays there, it rots, it, rots, it goes, 
and he has got no more. But on the other hand, if he gives the seeds away, he sows it, he gives a crop. And the more he sows, the more he gets. Amen? This is the principle of the kingdom. It's not the more you hoard, the more you get. It's the more you sow, the more you get. And here's the thing, you always reap more than you sow. If you give one hour, you don't, you don't get back one hour, you get, you, get, you get back two. You reap more than you sow. This principle applies in every area of your life. If you give out criticism, if you sow sarcasm, guess what? You get back more sarcasm, more criticism. And this is a, a, le- a lesson for Everyone, especially teenagers. Come on, guys. And which is why I, I said to my kids, stop being so sarcastic. Stop criticizing. So stop being negative. Because the more you sow, the more you will get. It's the same with time. If you need more time, give more away. It's the same with energy. Do you know it's very interesting? The way... To ex- the, the, the way to get more energy is not by resting more. Do you know, I'm learning this, that if I need more energy, I need to give away energy. And that's what exercise does. I didn't know that. But since we got, got back from a long trip, I have been a disciplined person. Just going for walks every day. And I'm stretching myself. I, from one hour now, I'm going for an hour and a half when my wife was resting to conserve energy. I want to get more energy. So I'll leave her alone and I'll go for my walks. And I'll come back refreshed. I'll come back stronger. I'll come back being more focused. I think better. Friends, I'm learning that it's what we give away that, that we get back and even more. So this is what exercise does. Amen. You use energy to actually get more energy. If you store it, you're not going to have any. And this, and when I was preparing for this, I remember I have a revelation. A revelation. Because people were asking, Daniel, how do you know so many people in the world? Right? For some reason, people have come to me and said, you are the most connected person, one of the most connected people I know. How do you know so and so and so and so and so and so? And, I, and, and my first response was, I don't, I, I don't know. How do you know? I said, I've got no idea. I just have the phone numbers, the email addresses. It came to a point where people use me as a telephone book or directory. They would come to me and say, can I have so-and-so's phone number? And I, and I hated that. And as I was preparing for this, I, re- I realized why. I've got all these relationships. Because I'm so generous with my relationships. I don't hoard my friendship. I share my friends and some of them are no longer as close to me. They are closer amongst themselves nowadays. But you know what? I enjoy connecting people. I enjoy sharing my friendship. And I, I like to connect people instantly on email. And I believe that's why I'm getting more and more relationships. Because I, when I saw, I get back more. To me, it's a big revelation. I don't know whether it, 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 it impresses you, but now it all makes sense. Now it does. Now when people ask me, how do you have all these friends? I said, because I share my friends. I'm, 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 I'm not like the insecure teenager. If you friend that person, I wouldn't friend you. I mean, I'm a secure believer. The more I share my friends, the more friends, the more strategic friendships God would place in my life. Someone say, amen. Isn't that good revelation for me? Come on, you have to say, Daniel, that's great. That's good. It's really good. Well done. God, thank you. Holy Spirit, I'm so excited. I'm just blessed that you are more excited about this than the rest of the church. I'm just... Come on, go God. Hallelujah. Amazing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yay. Come on, God. Come on, church. Number five. It blesses me in return. It blesses me back. I spoke about this. It's stated over and over in the Bible that God blesses those who are generous. And there are hundreds of promises, but I'll just show you four from the Bible. The verse on the screen, please. Deuteronomy chapter 15 says, Give generously to others and do so without a grudging heart. 
Then, because of this, because of what? Because of what? Because you have given generously, because you have shared your time, your friends, your relationships, your money, your expertise, your not, because you have shared, because you have been generous, the Bible says, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Wow! This is a great promise. Because you have been generous, the Lord your God will bless all your work. Not just some of your work. When you give your time, you will bless the rest of your work. So, whatever that you are generous, uh, when you are generous, your life gets sanctified. If you can use that, if you can say that. So, when you give your time to serve children, your secular work prospers. For some reason, that's how God works. Don't ask me how or why. This is a Bible principle because you have been generous because of this. I'll bless all your hands would do. Your business, your family, your studies in every area. The more you give, the more you share, the more God blesses you. Hallelujah. Psalm 112 verse 5. Good will come to those who are generous. You want good to come to you in 2017? Be generous. You want good to come to you in your household? Be generous. Proverbs 11 verse 24. It is it is possible to give freely and to become more wealthy, but those who are stingy will lose everything. Wow. You want to be wealthy? Then give freely. Proverbs 11 verse 26. A generous man will prosper and he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Friends, do you really believe in these promises? Do you really believe in all these Bible verses? Or is God just lying? See, we cannot outgive God. And God is like playing a game with us. You know, he's like playing a game with So Young, for example. And see, he's coming to So Young and say, hey, well, let's play this, this game. You know, if you give, let's see how much I can give. Let's, let's try to outgive one another. And do you, do, you, do you know what? God always wins. You know, God has never lost, right? Even in this giving game, He always wins. It's true. So as I close this morning, the question is, how do we learn this skill of generosity? How do we walk in this truth? How can we apply this into our lives? I want to give you just one key that will shift, I believe, your paradigm. And the first thing you've got to do and you've got to know, you've got to realize, is it's not about how much I give. It's not, it's not about the amount. It's never about the amount. Don't say, oh, I can only give a dollar. Come on. The most powerful story in the Bible is the wo- woman with the might, the one might. And Jesus highlighted what she did. Jesus you know, said that this woman has given even more. So the economy of the kingdom is totally different from the economy of the world. God sees sacrifice more than amount. He sees the quality of our giving more than the quantity and the size of our giving. He sees the spirit more than the size of our giving. And this is the God we serve. It is not the person who gives a million dollars away is greater than the one who gives a thousand. Because if you've got five thousand and you give a thousand compared to one who has got billions and give a million, friends, God honors the five thousand men more. Come on. It's not about how much I give. And that's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. It says this, if you're really eager to give, in other words, if you want to be generous, it isn't important how much you're able to give. It's not about that. See, it's not about, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's about the attitude. It's, about your, it's not about your wealth, but it's about your willingness. So what are some of the characteristics of authentic generosity? In the next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, there are three. The Bible says you must make up your mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves the person who gives cheerfully. I believe there are three characteristics and with, and with this, we're close. The first is, you must always be thoughtful. It says, make up your own mind. Which means, you have to plan your giving plan, your generosity. How much should I give? Not just money, but our time. How much time can I give? On top of you know, my family, on top of my, of my work, how much time can I give to serve the purposes of God? How much time? How much 
how much finances? How much can I share? Each week, each month, over the next year, with who, to whom? Plan. How much? It's always a thoughtful process. It's a deliberate decision. It's thoughtful based on prayer and consideration. So plan. Number two, it's always voluntary. Don't let people force you. We've never tried to twist your arm uh, to give, right? It's always voluntary. Serving in gas is voluntary. Being an usher here is voluntary. Preparing breakfast, voluntary. Giving finances, voluntary. Nobody should force you to give, should pressure you to give. Never give out of guilt because you don't get any credit. It doesn't grow your faith. Volunteer. And the good news is the Bible says in the last days, God's people shall be volunteers when it's the day of His power. Friends, I pray that there will be this wave of love that just flow through this church that we all give voluntarily. We'll serve the children voluntarily. We'll be an usher. We'll sacrifice our sleep voluntarily. We'll give up our time. We don't be calculated. We don't uh, compare. How come John serves less than, than me? You know, John plays once a month. I have to play every week. And you become calculative. Come on. If, if that's the spirit of serving, then don't serve. Yes. Voluntary. Do it in joy. Be cheerful givers. That's my last point. Always be cheerful. It's a thoughtful process. It's a voluntary process. But most of all, God loves the person who gives cheerfully. And the word cheerful in the Bible, you know this, comes from the Greek word hilarious, which we get the English word hilarious. You know that? God loves a hilarious giver. If you can't give hilariously, then don't give. And it's my prayer that this church would be a happy, hilarious church. I mean, it's my, it's my prayer that all of us will be happy people. And the way to be happy is by, by being incredibly generous in the way we serve, in the way we give, and how much we give. We are hilarious. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are hilarious Hilarious. So can we be this kind of church? You know, there was a time in Israel when the, when the pilgrims, now they left Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea and they were wandering for 40 years, right? They didn't have a home. And of course, one day Moses said, no, no, I need, we need to build God a tabernacle. And he, and he did. And he built God a tabernacle and, and it was a temporary structure. Right? You know the story? It was a temporary structure and the ark was in the tabernacle and uh, for, for hundreds of years, worship went on until David became king, right? You know, you, you know the story? And David became king and uh, one day he had a revelation and he said, I live in this amazing palace. Everything in my palace is rare and exquisite. And he remembers God lived in a shed. The presence of God was in a shed. And he was so moved and he, and, and he said, I want to build God a house. And of, of course, it, it was a bummer because the prophet, the Lord spoke through prophet Nathan and said, because you're a bloody man, you can't build me a house, but your son will build me a house. So what David did was David then said, okay, at least I, I can prepare the material. At least I can buy the field where my son can build me a house. And so David went. Listen. So David went to the field and he was trying to buy the field of the owner of the field. And the guy said, hey, you're the king, man. Just take the field. Take it. You don't, you don't have to buy this field. I'll give the field to you. You are the king. And do you know what David said? Do you, do you know what David said when he, was, when he wanted to buy the, the field? He says, I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. I won't give to God that which costs me nothing. He understands that true giving has a cost attached to it. If your sacrifice, if your serving, if your volunteering costs you nothing, it's not giving. 
And this is King David. He could abuse his power. He could take whatever he wants. And yet he says, when it comes to building God a house, when it comes to the place where the temple would reside, I want to buy it. I want to buy it. Now that is authentic generosity. David planned for it. He counted the cost. He paid the price. And see where the father paid the price, the son built. So this is, this is how parents should be, right? We lay the foundation. We, we pay the price. We, we lay the foundation of generosity so that the generations to come can build on what we lay. Right? So can this nation be a generous nation in the next 50 years? We've been taking a lot from the world. <laughs> we've gone out, we buy things, you know, we buy companies, so we, are, we, we are buying land, we're buying, oh, it's great, all right, we need to, but we have accumulated wealth in the last 50 years. But can it be said of Singapore in the next 50 years, we have steward our wealth with wisdom and we, have, and, we, and we are now a generous people, we're sharing with the world. Now, I know that this sounds huge. I'm always thinking about nation and nations. I don't, so how do we apply it in our lives? You know, I think the nation is a collection, is a group of people. And that's you. So how can a nation be generous? It's when you and I learn to be generous people, plan our giving, volunteer ourselves, be cheerful, be hilarious in the way you give. And when all of us live this kind of life, I think over the next 30 years, we lay a foundation for the next generation who will succeed us and who will, be, and who will build on that, on that land that we buy. Yes? So I love giving.sg. Just go back home, log on to it. I think Halogen Foundation is up there, plus some amazing, plus some interesting projects. If you have a great story, go to a, a better world, pitch for, sto for stories. Let's champion generosity in this nation. Can we? Can we be, you know, we may, may, we may not be the biggest church, but can we be the most generous church? Can the giving per capita be the highest in this church? No, I don't want this church to be the biggest church, but I definitely want this church to be the most generous church. I love the Bible and the stories. I can tell you, kind of depend on stage. See, Israel was so poor, right? They were all wanderers. But again, when Moses was gathering building materials for the tabernacle, even the tabernacle, they needed to gather from the people because they've got nothing. And so the people's hearts were moved. And listen, the Bible says that it came to a point that, there was, that they gave so much that the leaders got to say, stop giving too much. Stop. You have, you are, you are being too generous. And this came from a nation of wanderers, of pilgrims. They don't have their own possessions. All they have was in their bag, if I could say that. And yet in their giving, they were outrageous. Outrageous. In the New Testament, there's a church. Alright? And they and is and they are in Macedonia. And, and the Bible tells us that this that they weren't a wealthy church, they were poor. But when they heard that there was a famine, the church gathered together and they collected an offering. They gave out of their poverty. Friends, that is authentic generosity. So what's my point? We don't have to be the biggest, but we can be the most generous. We can, can outgive ourselves every year. Amen? So let's stand to our feet. This is the spirit of Christmas.
But before we get caught up with all the lights, give exchange, presents, before we go around taking photos with the exhibits, <laughs> I want to present to you the spirit of Christmas. I was just praying and just thinking about this message. I was contemplating speak, speaking about the Father. Because as I was just thinking about Christmas, I realized that we talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about Jesus, right? We talk a lot about the Son and how He came and how He suffered. But do you know that the real hero, if I could say, of the Christmas story was the Father? Right, he was the giver. He sacrificed his son. He showed us what it means to give. What, what, what it means to lay down his prized possession. So this morning, let's just reflect on this message. You know, I, I didn't try to hype this up. I just presented to you a case. That is more blessed to give than to receive that the true blessings in life don't come from accumulating things. It comes from giving away our lives. Can we just pray, just put our hands on our heart if you can and just say, God, give me a generous heart. Lord, just shift my heart, Lord. Lord, I pray for faith to arise. I pray that you will stretch me to give a little bit more this Christmas season. Lord, help us to give not just out of our abundance, but help us to give, God, as a sacrifice.